1: Welcome to Venture with Connie podcast. I'm your host Connie. In this interview that I held this past Saturday, I talked to Paul Moore about secrets to wealth on how you can build generational wealth. Well guys, stick around so you can listen to the interview and make sure you come follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ventile with Connie and also on YouTube at Ventile with Connie podcast so you can watch us live every Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Central time all right guys without wasting any time they go the interview that i held this past saturday with paul moore enjoy okay guys without wasting any time let's dive right into the topic of today which is secrets to wealth what is this all about well um before I talk about what it's all about, I did I do have a good a great guest, a special guest um to join me today to dissect this topic. Um, um, after a stint at Ford Motor Company, our guest co-founder, a staffing firm where he was finalist for Mexican entrepreneur of the year, two years straight. After selling the staff firm, the staffing firm to a public traded company, he began investing in real estate founded multiple investment and development companies, appeared on HGTV and eventually built and co-managed a successful multifamily development. He co-hosts two podcasts, including The Art of Investing and How to Lose Money. He's also a contributor to Fox Business and Bigger Pocket, producing live video and blog content on a weekly basis. He's the author of The Perfect Investment, create enduring wealth from the historical shift to multifamily housing and storing up profit. capitalize on Americans' obsession with stuff by investing in self-storage. He is the managing director of three commercial re- real estate funds at Wellings Capital. I'm talking about Paul Moore. Let's bring him on the screen. Hi, Paul. How are you doing today?
2: Hey, I'm doing great, Connie. It's great to be here.
1: It's good to have you here. How, how is your family? How is your health? How is this COVID-19 um, impacting your life?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm a pretty uh, healthy guy overall. I've been doing this health cleanse where I'm doing a whole lot of juicing and eating more healthy. And it's been really good. I feel great. I only got five hours sleep last night. I just jumped up on a Saturday morning at 5 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. feel great. Uh, I just sent two of my daughters to California to school but uh, got two kids left at home.
1: Oh, that's good. So are are your kids younger? Are they older?
2: I have a 15-year-old at home who's in high school, and then I've got a 27-year-old son who's a very successful real estate investor, and I've convinced him to stay home uh, to lower his rent so he can plow more money back into creating wealth as a real estate investor
1: wow that's that's good you know he he got he, you know he have a father like you and i'm sure he would do well because you know when it comes to wealth you're well knowledgeable about this but um before um i go ahead talking about wealth you do have a podcast you're a podcaster like i am too and you host a, you're a co-host of um not just one podcast but two podcasts the one uh, one of them is the art of investing and another one is how to lose money First of all, the name How to Lose Money, why did you choose that name? Like, I don't think anyone wants to lose money at all.
2: Yeah, right. So, we, you know, for years, I would go to these conferences, Connie, and I would see these people up on stage, and they would talk about all their successes and all the great things they do and all the you know, wonderful things they're involved in. And I would see the people in the audience and they would just be kind of shrinking down. And I talked to them later on the break and they said, they'd say, well, I'll never be that good. I'll never have those connections. I'll never have those advantages. That person's just lucky or blessed or whatever. And so, you know, and then later I became one of those speakers and I realized the people on the stage had the same pain, the same fear, the same insecurities, the same problems and failures along the road to success, but they press through. And so when I started a podcast, I thought it would be great to give people a view into the failures and pain that these people had along the way. And you know what I found? I found that it gives people hope when they see somebody who's successful or wealthy, who's done really well, and they realize, oh, they're just the same as me. I can do it too.
1: That's true. That's true. I'm glad you guys are giving people hope out there. Cause I know sometimes um um rich people or wealthy people can be very intimidating, especially to someone that that don't consider consider themselves as being rich or being up there. So um your podcast is basically giving hope to those that that feel like they would never attend this success, this wealth, you know, in their lives. Right. So you guys are basically telling them that you too can do it too. So thank you guys right. for that yeah so today's topic is uh secrets to wealth you know knowledge is wealth you know the biggest difference between poor from rich is usually the amount of knowledge they they have or they know. Most people listening or watching this right now, um, aspire worlds. That's why most people are going to technical school to sharpen their skills or attend higher education schools um, to educate themselves on how to climb the corporate um, ladder. Why some people like, um, like me, you know, pick their brain and trying to discover the next innovative business idea that will help them break the market and eventually accumulate sales and revenue. Also, some people are content creators because I am also a content creator and digital creators like me that release amazing and entertaining content every day or maybe weekly to either um, put a smile on people's face or create awareness on on prominent issue with the goal of also incurring um you know revenue or money. So all the groups, all the groups I just um, listed, are They're just listed, they all have one thing in common. Everybody is interested in being wealthy or making that money, you know, being up there. So the word wealth, what does that mean to you?
2: So to me, wealth is not having a big fancy car or a fancy mansion or a yacht. It's wealth is actually having assets that produce income. Because if you don't make money day and night. If you don't make money while you sleep, then you'll have to work until you die. But if you have assets that produce income, then you can let those assets work for you and do the heavy lifting. And the more assets you accumulate that produce income, the more wealth you have.
1: Wow that's that's a good that's a good way to look at it it's basically making sure you have assets like you're investing and everything and um i'm going to your story you have such a unique story the reach to rags and um, back to reach story of you going from having 1.5 million dollars in, in your bank account to you owning owing 2.5 million um in debt. You know, and uh, unfortunately, you rise above that and became debt free. But um, take us through that experience, and and does that experience contributed in shaping your mindset in terms of being rich?
2: Yeah, well, so I was thirty three years old, and we sold our company for uh, you know, three million dollars, and I had about a million and a half dollars in the bank in uh, nineteen ninety seven. At thirty three, I had no idea at all about investing. You know, investing, Connie, is when your principal is generally safe and you've got a chance to make a return, you know, a chance to make a profit. But speculating is when your, you know, your principal is not at all safe and you've got a chance to make a return or a profit. And I thought myself uh, an investor, but I was actually a speculator. And as a speculator, I was rolling the dice I was playing double or nothing. I might as well have gone to Las Vegas with the money because I've made money occasionally and I lost money often. And so uh, I found myself about 10 years later, uh, I had $2.5 million in debt. Now the good news is it wasn't just credit card debt or foolish debt, it was all tied to real estate. It was all tied to hard assets. And so in November of 2007, I was praying one morning, and I was asking God what to do about the debt I was in, and I got this real clear impression, what would George Mueller do? Now, George Mueller, for the younger generation, uh, is a man who lived all through the 1800s. He was from Germany. He moved to England, and he was a pastor and a missionary there in England. He was in Bristol, England, and he was really distressed because most of the men in his community wouldn't go to church because they believed that they had to work two or three jobs. And they didn't have any time for their family, for church, for leisure. And he was very distressed, but they criticized him. They said, hey, wait, you, know, you can't say that to us because we have to work for a living. You're just a pastor. And he said, well, I'm going to prove to you that even pastors can learn to trust God. And if I can, you can too. So he gave up his salary. He had no money, no salary, I mean. And he actually began to take in orphans to care for, first a few, then dozens, and then hundreds. And he eventually cared for a total of 10,000 orphans through his lifetime. And um, But he never asked for a penny from anybody. He never told anybody he had any financial needs And he had some really hard times, but he would be on his knees every day crying out to God to provide the money they needed. And so George Mueller had some very, very interesting stories, things that happened along the way, like the time the kids, the orphans all sat down for breakfast. They had empty plates and empty glasses, but they thanked God for the food that he was going to provide. There was no food at all in the whole orphanage. But uh, right then a knock came on the door and a milk truck had broken down outside the door and he said, this milk's going to spoil, you can have it. And then a baker came to the door and said, God woke me up at 2 a.m. to bake bread for the orphans. And so that's the kind of thing that would happen to him. And so it's believed that he raised between a quarter and almost a half a billion dollars in today's dollars uh, during his, um, during his lifetime. So I thought, well, what would George Mueller do if he was in debt? Well, first of all, Connie, he wouldn't be in debt at all. Cause he didn't believe in it. But if he was in debt, I think he would have done something counter-cultural, something completely radical. And so I called my family together about that time. And I said, Hey, we're in real trouble. It looks like the economy is going really bad. I had no idea how bad it was going to get in 2008. And um, I said, we're going to give our way out of debt. And people were like, the kids were like, what? Okay, yeah. And my wife was like, whoa, wait a minute. We're going to give our way out of debt? Well, we already were really generous in trying to give to our church and to ministries we cared about. But we said, we're going to up our game. We're going to start giving a lot every week. By giving a lot every week, we're going to trust God that he's going to take care of us. And so we began to give a set amount every week, and it was actually quite challenging. But four weeks later, uh, in January of 2008, we met a real estate developer who gave me an idea that turned into this light bulb amazing idea that allowed me to subdivide some property that I had that I wanted to subdivide, but I wasn't allowed by law. And I went to the county and I showed them the, uh, the idea I had and they were amazed. They said in decades, nobody had ever thought of this kind of idea. But anyway, uh, I had to work really hard, Connie. There was a lot of work ahead. There was a lot of dealings with banks and surveyors and engineers and all this. But in 13 months, I was 100% debt free and I even paid off my house.
1: wow isn't it safe to say that um, that you actually learning to give also why you you know why you're still going through this depth you're still thinking about other people you think you're still thinking about the poor thinking about those that are less privileged and you're still willing to help them even though you're dealing with some financial crisis is it safe to say that maybe that could also um, contribute to your blessing to God helping you out to get out of this depth?
2: Yes, I absolutely believe that. I don't think God's a vending machine in the sky and I can just put in a dollar and get a candy bar. It doesn't work that way. But I really believe he's looking for relationship. And when I drew near to him uh, and had a deeper relationship with him and learned to trust him more, he actually uh, rescued us. You know, Psalm 91 says he will rescue us. He will protect us. He will care for us. He will lift Amen. us up so we will not strike our foot against the stone. And so that's what my experience was back in 2008.
1: Wow. Wow, that's such a great experience. And um, I'm happy for you that you were able to get out of the death and you were able to, um, you are now death free. And I'm sure that taught you a lesson. And uh, I think it would take a lot for you to be in that, in that um, situation again because you definitely learned from it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I want to know also, I know you hear this quote all the time, especially here, even in all parts of the world, that the rich gets richer and the poor gets poorer. And I have to ask this million-dollar question. How do super wealthy individuals or the 1% in our country maintain their wealth over generations?
2: Well, you know, um, the wealthiest people in the world, the Forbes 400, as they call that, uh, almost all of them invest in commercial real estate. Many of them got wealthy through commercial real estate. Many of them through IT, through tech, you know, through tech. but the, they almost all get uh, keep their wealth and maintain their wealth through real estate. The government of the United States has set it up to make it very tax advantaged to invest in real estate. So by investing in real estate, somebody could uh, actually, not pay taxes, not pay capital gains, not pay income taxes up to a great level, up to a great degree. And they would be able to keep and compound more of their wealth. And so, commercial real estate is a fantastic way to do that. And um, commercial real estate is very different from residential. Um, and that's why, that's one of a couple reasons that most of the wealthiest people focus on commercial real estate.
1: Wow. Okay. So talking about commercial real estate, you are a managing director of not just one, but three commercial real estate and at Wellens Capital. Tell us about that co- the company, what it's all about.
2: Yeah, so when we started investing in commercial real estate, we realized that a whole lot of new people were involved in it. And it was very hard to find a good place to invest, a safe place to invest. And so we began to do due diligence. We began to look at a really deeply at a lot of companies. And when we did that, we found that they weren't as good as they looked on their website. And so, we, Wellings Capital, our goal is to be a um, provider of due diligence. You know, a lot of people want to get involved in commercial real estate, but they don't know who to trust, they don't know where to start. And we provide an on ramp a way for them to easily get into commercial real estate by investing in a fractional piece of a large commercial investment
1: wow like that's awesome but um for someone that um that's hearing this in the first time and they wondering, you know how do i even start this commercial real estate how do i even go about it
2: yeah. So a great way to go about it. there, there are. Uh, I've identified seven ways to get into commercial real estate in my new book. And one way is to be a deal finder. That means you go out and you work really hard and you find deals and you take those deals to a larger operator and you ask them for a piece of ownership and you ask them to train you while they have that property. Uh, Another way is to raise money for deals. Though you can't legally raise money on commission, you can become a partner with somebody and you can go out and find money to invest. Um, But a great way is to get a mentor or a coach. Uh, You know, if if you want to get involved directly in commercial real estate, finding a coach or a mentor would be priceless. And you can sometimes partner with your coach or mentor as well. If you plan to do it part-time, let's say you have a full-time job and you have extra money to invest, the best way to do it is passively through what's called a syndicator. If you go passively through a syndicator, that means they will pull together the deal, they'll get the debt, they'll do the property management, they'll do the heavy, all the hard work and the risky stuff. You just give them, you be very careful to vet them carefully up front, and then you give them money to invest and they'll invest it. And you still get the tax benefits, just like as if you were the only owner.
1: Yeah, wow. That that tax benefit one, I'm sure a lot of people want that, and I'm really interested in that. Like, how do people even get that? Like, how does that benefit you if you get a tax um, cut off? I think that's a tax write-off, right? That's what that would be.
2: Yeah, you get a tax write-off on your income through depreciation. And all real estate has potentially has depreciation. But with commercial real estate, you can actually do accelerated depreciation, which means that you can actually pull a lot of the years forward of depreciation all into the first year or the first five years. And that will give you compounded tax benefits and tax write-offs in the early stages. Now, at the end, when you go to sell, you can sometimes sell through a 1031 exchange, and a 1031 exchange allows you to exchange your property for someone else's, and um, that will that means you won't have to pay the capital gains taxes on the gain.
1: Wow. You know, um, I actually found out recently that um, the wealthy people, the rich, the 1%, they actually pay, pay less tax than we do, you know, yes, and that's it's true. Mind, that's mind blowing. Like, how is that even possible? I guess that's why I'm going back to what I said before. The quote: "The rich gets richer, the poor gets poorer." Like, how do they even pay less tax than a regular person?
2: Yeah. So Warren Buffett said he paid less taxes, at least in percentage, than his secretary. And uh, so, no, the system is set up to reward investment and to reward investors, and specifically real estate investors. And oil and gas investors, are they also get great tax treatment because they're trying to motivate people to invest in drilling for oil and gas.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So, guys, you heard him. You have to look into that commercial um, real estate investment because that seems like a a way to go that seems like the way to go um mr moore i would like i usually like to end this um episode uh, any of my show in a positive note so do you have any words of encouragement to upcoming billionaires like i like to call them billionaires or even uh millionaires who are hoping one day that their business will boom and they will become wealthy
2: I would say whoever you are when you're alone, whoever you are in private, whoever you are if you're not wealthy yet, if you're even poor, whoever you are now is who you really are. And so my advice would be to focus on what's most important to you now and continue those habits when you get wealthy and successful. Because if you um, put your family first now, you'll probably do it later. But wow. if you say, "Okay, I don't have any time for my family because I've got to go out and create wealth," then you won't focus on your family later either.
1: Yeah, because I don't know when you become wealthy, how you gonna manage that? And you're not know, here alone, you know. We are no man is an island, and the, the Bible always say, "The love of money is the root of all evil." You know. Yeah, yeah you can like money. We all want money, but you don't want to be so in love with money that you can do anything just to attend that wealth or that success. So that's a good, uh, that's definitely a good um, advice you gave there. And so guys, make sure you are, you know, you know, watching yourself closely while you are trying to be this successful, don't go overboard or trying to kick everybody aside so you can get there. Make sure you also care about the people around you, your friends and your family. Okay, guys, we have come to the end of this topic, but before we address any question, if you guys do have any question, go ahead and send in your question in the comment section right now so we can address it. But first, I want to talk about our website. We do have a website. It's going to be on the screen right now. It's Ventile with Connie website, and we do sell merchandise, so make sure you go in there and go support us as little as you can. We have t-shirt, we have accessories like phone cases, you know, laptop um, bags, even stickers, you know? So go check it out. And we have men's clothing, women's clothing, and for babies. And the t-shirt is black and white. I'm wearing the white one right now, if you can see. And we do have hats too, if you want. We have the dad hats, the the cool hats too. We have all of them, so go check it out. So let's see if you guys have any questions well there's no questions i'm guessing you guys understood everything we just um, talked about so um i want to know mr poor where can my viewers reach you where can they best you know get in contact with you
2: Uh, they can reach me at my website which is wellingscapital.com that's w-e-l-l-i-n-g-s-c-a-p-i-t-a-l wellingscapital.com they can also find me on biggerpockets biggerpockets.com is where I blog and do a lot of live shows, including a live show on Saturday.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, guys, you heard it. The website is right on the screen. You can you know, get in contact with him in the website. And if you're listening to this in the podcast, I will have his um, contact on the description of this episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, just click the description box. You will have the details, um, the contact um, details for Mr. Pormore. So, Mr. Paul, we do have one question here that I wanted us to address before I let you go. Um, It says commercial real estate and residential real estate. Do you need a real estate license to go for this?
2: Hey, Gilbert. Great question. Thanks for asking. Um, Good to see you on here. Um, No, you do not need a license to be an investor. Now, if you want to make money as a real estate broker, you would need to have a real estate license. Um, like if you wanted to sell and buy real estate. And a lot of people have a invest, uh, A lot of investors do have a license. So for example, I have a license and I made some money today from my real estate license, but uh, my main business is being an investor, not uh, that, but a lot of people do both.
1: Oh, okay. So you can be an investor, I don't need the license, but if you want to be a broker, you have to have a license for that one, right? Is that correct? If you want to uh, buy
2: and sell and make commission, yes.
1: Oh, okay. So, yeah, thank you so much for answering that question. So, uh, we have come to the end of this. There's no other question that we have, so we're gonna go ahead and end this. And thank you so much, Mister Moore, for coming, for stopping by on Venture with Connie podcast. It is a great pleasure talking to you, and I'm sure the wisdom that you shared on this episode will be a blessing to anyone watching or listening. So on behalf of my listeners and viewers, we say thank you for coming. And I hope you did have fun on this.
2: I sure did. I was an honor to be here. Thanks so much, Connie.
1: Thank you so much for coming. Okay, guys, we have come to the end of this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching this live stream. And I hope to see you guys back here again next week, Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Um, to discuss yet another thought-provoking and intriguing topic in relates to entrepreneurship. And um, thank you guys so much. You know, if you are watching us in any other social media, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Event Time with Connie, and on Instagram, Event Time with Connie. And thank you so much. And um, you guys do have a blessed weekend. And this is your host Connie signing out. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to venttimewithconnie at yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.